Hello, everybody, and welcome back to part two of my review of Tool's Fear Inoculum album. This is it. 13 years has gone by. Nothing since 2006. And then, boom, we got Tool. I mean, there's been Pucifer in a perfect circle, but we talk in the Tool end of things. And so this is the show, the Rock and Beards podcast, where we break down albums track by track and... It's time, and I went through the whole intro speech for real in part one, which I highly recommend you watching before part two, but if you do want to just jump in from here, it's a track-by-track breakdown. I give you thoughts and opinions. This is the second part. I'm not going to go into as much detail on certain elements that I covered in the beginning, like how dope their mixing is and stuff like that. But like, uh, basically, yeah, check that out, and let me know what you think in the comment section. And if you make an effort to leave a comment, I'll make an effort to answer you, and we'll have a little conversation there, and I'd love to hear what you think about this project and most importantly if you think that this is worth the 13 year wait um also what do you think of the album cover i wasn't very moved by it but i'm very curious if y'all were moved by it in some way or another anyway i don't want to waste a bunch of time because as you can tell these are pretty long songs so what i decided to do for this review to make my life a little bit simpler as a lyrics guy who normally can just kind of coast by doing poetry analysis and mildly commenting on the music um well tula doesn't give you a choice as an example for the next track that we will inevitably get to i think half the song is just music like the whole second half there's no words so if i were to just be like that's a nice outro i'm pretty sure a bunch of y'all tool fans watching this would get real mad and call me a tool and not in the good way anyway um so i went through each of the tracks i listened to them over and over again and what i tried to do is map them out into various parts uh i might not be the best at describing the music side of it but i'll do what i can to walk you through my experience going through it in the different parts of the track as i timestamp them and keep in mind my timestamps are approximate it could be off by like up to 10 seconds i was i was trying to get this done as quick as i could and i i promise you i spent at least an hour on every single song on this album while doing my review just to try to do my best to try as hard as as tool well i mean I, not like i could try as hard as they did but to give as much of an effort as i could considering how much effort they put out to create such a beautiful and wonderful project for us on that note if i keep jibber jabbering i may be descending into you clicking the x off this video all right um so the way i'm recording this is a little bit like i'm going to talk about a part and then i'm going to go listen to the song so if it gets weird and jump cutty and a little awkward it's not the typical way i make these videos and i'm just trying something out to do my best to cover the song in its fullness because there are so many parts to each of these songs as i described and this one starts off with a, a cool thing because um i'll just do a little brief album recap uh so we had fear inoculum which presents the idea of let's say the media and the global narrative of anxiety and divisiveness to be almost an enemy in uh, numa we get presented the idea that everybody really stems from the same thing and we're all one bound in our useless physical flesh and our energies are all kind of ethereal my theory on litany contre le peur is it kind of sets us up with this ambient anxiousness and then it flowed into invincible which looked at the 
the solo battle of a warrior within themselves coming to term with the wisdom of age and uh, honestly just being self-aware and being prepared but simultaneously uh it's kind of preparing for a bit of a war that seems to be going on and I'll, i'll touch on that a little bit at the end of the album when i'm recapping but my theories at least but uh, I definitely think it's how to, in, in the goal of Maynard here is to kind of present a little how-to on dealing with the modern environment. So in Invincible, it seemed like to be proud of who you are and what you've accomplished in spite of what people say, even though you might struggle with relevancy and truth in things, there, there's still pride within yourself. And that's something that should exist and that makes you invincible almost. I don't know. Maybe I'm just projecting a bit. I went into much more depth in the first uh, part. Then we moved into Legion Inoculant where it's almost like this anxious tension as you're facing the enemy or you're getting ready to face the enemy. Almost as if the whole first part was to prepare you to get ready for what's about to come. And then in descending, we got our first part, which represents about a minute and 14 seconds of the beginning of this song. Also, we've now approached the longest song on the album we're talking about, albeit not the longest on the project. This song is actually 13 minutes and 38 seconds long. Beautiful. Like, it's insane to me how excited I am at the length, because I'm telling you a little bit of a spoiler. It's worth it. It's just worth it to listen to the entirety of this song you do need to commit um what i mean is don't play like five minutes pause it nah like wait till you have that 15 minutes and go through it hell wait till you have 90 minutes and just do the whole album one shot it is the it is a great way to consume this album but if all you're gonna do is part-time it go for it but i don't know that you'll get the full experience unless you're playing it through and you guys can let me know what you think about that idea i mean for me i feel like once you've mapped out the song and you're comfortable with it okay but at the first time you hear it like there's so many grooves and shit it's just impossible to in my opinion to really get the full experience if you're you're just kind of pot whatever you get what i'm trying to say so anyway there's a bunch of staticky but like ocean kind of noises and like an empty beach in the night maybe i was thinking about normandy and just the calm before the storm of a situation like you look at a a scene like a beach and in the one hand it can be peaceful and serene on the other hand it could turn into one of the most notable battles in history kind of thing um around 45 seconds in it adds in some more sounds kind of like a car or whatever and again i was just kind of left with the impression that this is kind of like a beachy, oceany scenario, but really representing an upcoming something, like a tension that's going to go into something deeper and darker than what we've had, perhaps. Like, I don't know like if that's what I thought at first or if I'm projecting with what I know now. Either way, it does flow into the next part now where the band actually kicks in and, you know, shows us what Tool's about on this track. So one thing about this song I think we can go to that stands out is the band kicks in and it's kind of got like this somber, sad tone to it. Um, It's calm. It doesn't have any heaviness yet. And about 20 seconds after the band kicks in, Maynard starts singing. And as far as tracks on this album goes, I think this is the earliest we get actual vocals from when the band kicks in, not necessarily from zero zero on the song. Um, And lyrically, I think it's interesting. He goes, free fall through our our midnight, this epilogue of our own fable. So 
he's kind of sings that in one tone and then the other half of the verse he sings differently so here if we think about it free fall through our midnight so i think instantly minutes to midnight or midnight being the darkest hour the you know it, it almost implies this is the end especially with the nuclear winter kind of perspective of what midnight can represent it, it is almost like the end of the world and this epilogue of our own fable the epilogue is the end of the book it's the closing part that kind of it's almost like what time has passed and you get your little closure so in a sense it's what happens after looking back a little bit and then he kind of goes into this haunting calm voice as he goes like the heedless in our slumber floating nescient we hold up i didn't even look this up what does nescient mean everyone i'm about to google with y'all i hope it doesn't take me long nescient boom it means lacking knowledge ignorant i now we all learn together unless you already knew that so that's pretty clear we have no idea what's going on because we ignorant and if you look around at our little society that we live in is a bunch of people who are blissfully ignorant choosing not to indulge the harsh truths of the reality of our world like if the environmental scientists are like 10 percent correct it's pretty whack at how little we seem to be adapting as a culture or a society as we continue to embrace the things that almost brought us to ruin almost like well that's what we do let's get to it what's super interesting just from the grammar because you i, I don't see this kind of thing a lot in the line of floating nescient comma space we and it's like the way he uses the word we he could have said we are floating nescient but it actually is grammatically correct to go floating nescient we I just don't see anybody do that but it almost adds this like poetic hauntingness to it the way he phrased that sentence super fresh anyway um what's a little bit different about this is that it kind of like continues on with the vocals and the verses for a little bit i'm gonna keep going through it but i feel like up until about the halfway point this song is the most static relatively speaking not that this is a non-pleasant thing or anything and obviously it's alive and dynamic but compared to how drastically different the other ones were changing i mean i mean what i mean is from about like the minute 15 when it kicks in till about this three minute point this is the longest consistent intro it does continue to change don't get me wrong um but we do get our next verse where it goes free fall through this boundlessness this madness of our own making uh, if you think about again the state of the world and everything we're watching however you feel about certain politicians or whatever i mean this isn't exactly like we can put all the blame on the people who manipulated us at a certain point all of us gotta look a little inward and go yeah we did this collectively as people um and my favorite one of my favorite lyrics on this entire project comes next as he goes falling isn't flying floating isn't infinite and i thought that was fascinating right because falling flying and floating all kind of would look the same in some way like if you took a still shot of all three of these things they would look exactly the same in an image however falling is clearly gravity's force of sucking you down it's a bad thing but it looks like flying and it might even feel like flying until the moment you realize you have no control 
That's the difference between falling and flying is control. We all feel like we're flying in a world where we might be falling and floating isn't infinite. And I think that's nifty because one of the things where you truly float, floating being the absence of gravity and whatnot taking place would be space. Um, and in space, you get the idea of infinite. So for me, I thought that was all super cool. And I think what he's pointing out is what we perceive isn't necessarily what's real. And I thought that was really amazing. And then, oh, shoot, I'm sorry if the mic sounded bad there. I moved it with my foot. But um, we move on about three minutes into the track, and like the beat now starts to change into something a little groovier. So it gets kind of a little funky as the pre-chorusy part comes in. Again, when I say pre-chorus, that's what it says on Genius. I am so bad at naming parts of songs like that. But he goes, come, our end, suddenly, all hail our lethargy, concede suddenly. And I mean, I suppose it's hard to deny that this would, I mean, I look at this like it's about climate change and how our world is kind of choosing to indulge this. And it's not just climate change. I guess it's all things like, why are we still pushing nuclear uh, dick wagging? Why are we still are doing all of these archaic backwards things that are clearly destructive for the planet? Why do we still jump on plastics and all of these things? I mean, even if I admit I've made changes, but like I don't even try as hard as I'm supposed to. And it really is lethargy concede suddenly. And I think the part of the suddenly it's like all of a sudden it's going to be kind of too late. And I think that's really interesting. Then it picks up and drums kick in a little heavier um and it goes to the quickened dissolution pray we mitigate the ruin calling all to arms and order and that's where i kind of really like the transition lyrically something that grinds my gears a little bit related to how scientists and media and people talk about these issues is the doomsday scenario that gets attached to all of it the reality is if you take a bunch of selfish people and you tell them it's pointless to try they're not going to get the message that now's the time to start trying which is kind of what's been done with the fear-mongering for like a decade just telling people it's too late but try and it didn't work well go figure you told people that there's no point because it's too late and then you got mad at them for not trying well i don't know but most people i know in that kind of a moment where it's too late probably gonna party it up till they're dead because that's unfortunately the hedonistic self-indulgent place that we kind of live in these days so i guess what really impresses me is as he points out that what's coming is the end we still have the option to mitigate the ruin so yes bad things are coming but it doesn't have to be the end we can maybe do something to not have it completely obliterate us into nothing like maybe the bleakness doesn't have to come to be and there's something like there's a better choice that somebody that in a country that's freaking caring about trying to solve this solution will solve that's all i'm trying to say anyway the song does go on so you get like the drums really kicking in as the next verse blows in and i feel like the tone of the song while bleak is hopeful at this part you know 
it's not necessarily happy but it's also not necessarily that like nihilistic it's over it's it's almost like it's going down but we can fight and i like that that feels to be maybe i'm reading into my little narrative of the album but i feel like musically that's the emotion i'm getting as he goes uh for the third verse again two lines but drifting through this boundlessness this madness of our own making and i think this is commenting on culture this i the fact that we're all governed through these ideas that allow us to keep making the choices that create the madness of our own making and then um what's interesting about this song is we're four minutes and 17 seconds through and it's basically been like lyric after lyric part after lyric part and something that's different here is the lack of 30 second minute long music breaks sometimes even three minutes between vocal parts and i think structurally speaking it's kind of cool that they just ignore conventional songwriting and do what they want um it just kind of builds up as it he almost cries now as he sings out like you feel like there's a desperation that kicks in at this part of the song when he goes sound our dire reveille rouse all from our apathy lest we cease to be and it kind of looks that the situation's whack and if we do do something we can stop things from going to complete desolation but the alternative is we don't exist anymore and then it kind of goes into a little teensy music break as it blows into the chorus stir us from our wanton slumber mitigate our room call us to our arms in order and i love how just those words again it's this desperate cry to have us wake up and do something as opposed to just letting it be for the sake of getting a paycheck or whatever other reason it is whether you're a parent who doesn't want to risk their kids or you're a person who wants to play call of duty i don't know what the reasons are for you but if we all don't organize and do something we might all die is the main point of this and then it gets kind of cool a little bit cool with the music here it gets a little heavier gets a little building up for a little bit and then it like it just has some anticipation i guess you can call this our first little musical break as it explodes into like an angrier more vocal sound the dread alarm through our primal body sound the revelate to be or not to be rise it's powerful to me so sound the dread alarm like fuck wake up people the shit is going on like honestly there's just little things we can do if an amazon fire is burning because people eat freaking hamburgers and that's a huge part of it is this beef industry and real estate so these two industries are fucking funneling it up maybe we need to rethink some of these industries that are fueling it up that's not really where i want to go with this i really don't want to get pegged in a bunch of ways where I'm, I'm commenting too much on this stuff but when you look at the drastic stuff in the world you start questioning what fuels it and is it necessary um through our primal body go back to the essence of who we are to be or not to be is from the soliloquy where hamlet considers suicide so it's questioning if we are actually going to choose to kill ourselves or not by not making the changes we need to um stay the grand finale stay the reading of our swan song and epilogue one drive to stay alive elementary muster every fiber mobilize stay alive and again it's just passionate and he's pretty grandiose i like his grandiose 
lyrics like reading of our swan song and epilogue like take a look at the end and the greatest part of what we'll be known for the destruction of our own planet and our own home i don't know elementary makes me think of like watson like like uh it's so obvious that we just need to muster up whatever to stay alive and then yeah oh it's a really good little moment and then i realize we're only about like six minutes six and a half minutes into the song and there's a lot of song left and we're almost out of lyrics so then we get like the exploding chorus the last chorus we're gonna get like, our final our final freaking cry right and then it's almost like some chaos starts to exist musically as it gets real heavy like some headbanger kind of heavy as it flows in through intensity about seven minutes and ten seconds into it like it evolves and adds in this extra layering as it's still tension building heaviness and then um the rest of the song is just instrumental so i'm gonna do my best to kind of walk you through the remaining parts as i saw them based on the different noticeable transitions there's a lot of subtle transitions but the more giant tone changing so as an example around seven minutes and 30 seconds we move into the smooth guitar lead as i called it and it really is just kind of like something that almost feels like when somebody would let go and just twang the strings and whatnot. And it, what I think is really cool about the music-y parts is they can kind of call on almost any style or decade and just kind of pull in these different... It's almost like they could they could put Easter eggs of culture into these riffs that, if you understand their influences, really just add a next level of awesome to it. I really thought it was super cool, and it kind of does that for a little, and it gets a little more complicated around 8 minutes and 7 seconds into the track. So it kind of like builds up and gets really, really intense, and the drums get super whatever, and then it kind of drops down to this whispered vocal effects with this kind of ambient effects and then like by the end you hear the bass kind of come in and start to build up as it begins to take dominance as the main instrument we're about to focus on and it's just incredible how they can modify just the tracks in such a way where it flows everything together and really just set such a mood where you're vibing in so many different things and i think the most important part is you never get bored now you might be like holding of course not it's tool but like for me it's like yo it is a 13 minute 38 second song we nine minutes in and i'm still stoked to hear what comes next kind of thing going on even though i already know all right we're gonna move in to you know the bass part of this little bit which is freaking awesome and like for the next minute or so it's like kind of like pulsy bass that seems to be holding it all together as it builds in and some songs uh different sounds kind of play over it and it builds up slowly and the drums kick in and it gets super ready and then the guitar like just takes over and starts almost i don't know if shredding's the right word but it just explodes over it the drum pattern kicks in and i'm not gonna lie to you as this little part comes in you know it's it's blowing up a whole new groove takes over you're like another one there's still more and then somewhere around 11 minutes and 30 seconds into the track where this new groove is in effect it starts doing that 
which I took as like a, a build up move. Like I'm ready for vocals. I need something. Like I wasn't really paying attention to the lyrics when I first mapped it out. So I really just didn't know what was coming next. I'm like, there's gotta be something. There's gotta be some vocals. There's gotta be something to kick in, relieve this tension. Cause it felt like tension. It felt like maybe when you're in the midst of intercourse and you're building up and you're building up and you're building up and you're just ready to release it all and it didn't happen. And it just kept building up like some tantric stuff. Anyway, we do get that release though. It totally comes in around 11 minutes and 52 seconds. This like guitar solo thing. I don't know if it's a solo because everyone else is playing. I think I, I always thought of solos by itself. Still, it's like a solo-y thing, rocking out. It takes over as the focus, the drums and bass, which are often keeping the same stuff that was previously the dominant sound, but now just as a background sound, which on a deep level keeps congruency for the whole song and allows them... By, by by composing this way where over your bass groove let's say it takes two minutes and that two minutes of the bass groove does not coincide with any other elements we'll say and you have the guitar coming in over here and whatever it lets them really just create this epic flow that just goes on forever i don't know if that made sense but just being able to have different elements start and end before using the mixing to give it prominence moving it into the background calling back to them it's just exciting um and you get that like guitar solo a bit and it just blows up and it's almost like the climax of the song till about 12 minutes and 30 seconds where it kind of goes into the almost i don't want to say stereotypical but the expected kind of like closing ends out the song is done and what i mean by it's done is you get what i called part 18 because yes i broke this into 18 separate parts from about 12 minutes and 51 seconds to the absolute end of this it's a calmer outro and it leads back to those same ocean sounds that we kind of heard at the beginning of the song and then it just kind of ends and that's this track and you're like wow i mean personally i'm overwhelmed by it when i first heard it it was it was very big it was very long and it was very 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 cool to listen to I think it's as well composed as anything else on this project. My enjoyment gives it a 4.5 instead of a 5. I like the ones that are 5s a little bit more than I like the ones that are 4.5 on 5s. But like comparing it to all music, I, I basically added every song on this project that wasn't one of the little skits to my playlist. And I plan on listening to all of these songs a lot more. Um, this one really just starts off with the lyrics which is this almost prayer to people to wake up and not not let the world kill us <laughs> not let the world fight back and just wipe us out instead we can behave and, and maybe make choices that to coexist with the world and be a little smarter with it um and then it's almost a self-imposed demise is i think the point and then i feel like musically you just go through another battle like that's what the music feels like like this this overall battle that ends with the calm silence of just the ocean like no matter how this goes no matter what we as human beings choose to do with this circumstance when all said and done it's going to be the calm sounds of the beach only this time there was no car sound that kicked in it's just the calm sounds of nature until it's over because there will still be some kind of nature that exists and new organisms will come and i mean will be gone planet will kick the shit out of us and deal with us like a parasite and move on anyway 4.5 on 5 
I do believe. I mean, I don't know what it, how much time it is after I edit out all the parts, but like already 30 minutes on this track. That's how amazing this is to me. I just spent like 30 minutes talking about this, and I'm so fucking stoked to talk about culling voices. Before discussing this track, because of what I think this song is about, I would like to just touch on what happened last year over on the Twitter land where Maynard was accused of being inappropriate with some ladies allegedly abusing his power as the front man of Tool, alleged, I believe even underage, may have been involved in the story. The important part is that it was allegations with nothing proven from an anonymous Twitter account. And uh, there was a little bit of a quick little wave to come at him. He comes off uh, on Twitter and his response is something to the effect of, sorry I didn't respond right away well not even sorry but I didn't respond anyway I was having a life these there's no these allegations are baseless um try not being on the internet for a minute see what it does to you and he moved on and I just think that before we get into this song or talk about it I really I really believe that that was the primal motivation of what drove what drove um Maynard's vocals on this track on that note, we do have the beginning of this one, which seems to be a common theme on this album, where you have the intro bit, which lacks the band before the band kicks in. It's an ambient intro. It's just kind of like this sound that slowly kicks in, sets a little bit of a mood, kind of has a calmness to it, almost like an extension of the calmness of the last track, like, like the nature sound. So it like flows really well together, only now we've kind of dropped the nature and went back into to just more of a ambient kind of sound then there's a distinct actual like silence that kicks in almost like this is a palate cleanser of sorts to get rid of the last vibe and move into the next vibe and then the guitar kicks in so there's like this guitar it's like this twangy little thing that you hear kind of calm and it slowly comes more into prominence. And it's about 30-ish, maybe 40 seconds of the guitar by itself almost. And then the first verse starts. And as the verse sings through, and it's very slow, for the amount of words that he uses, he sings very slow, very calm. He kind of stretches it out, but in like a cool way. And you kind of hear... I think like harmonic vocals there's like m many layers of vocals here as well as just extra little elements get added to the guitar like maybe the bass kicks in or whatever i'm not 100 percent sure what was done but it just kind of enhanced it a little bit and this kind of takes us through till about the three minute point of his song as this slow ambient build up where he goes disembodies voices deepen my tendencies conversations we've never had imagined interplay now i took this like twitter they're disembodied voices there's just people's opinions that are not connected to anything there's anonymousness because that's what was really the point of this particular case there was nobody attached to it it was just an allegation made from an account that had just been created that literally was created to make the claim Deep, deep in my suspicious tendencies so the fact that there was nobody's face there made him kind of suspicious and not really thrilled with the situation but also in general if you want to make this a little bigger 
um, all of us are dealing with these internet voices where on the internet it's like we treat everyone like they're anonymous and so we all get a little more suspicious and a little more cautious just because of the nature of the world that we're in. And then conversations we never had imagined interplay. So this is basically to me like, oh, we never talked, we never fucked. What are you saying? This is some bullshit you're making up. And I really like, I like that verse. And it can be vague. It can be kind of taken in whatever bigger direction about society. But I think it's really personal to that particular story because that specific set of words totally syncs up to anonymous person on Twitter accused me of sex we never had. Um, then there's the psychop, psychopath, psychop, yeah, psychop, psychopathy. I don't, why did I say that wrong? Like nine times. Uh, don't you dare point that at me. And lyrically, that is a powerful thing, right? Because the, um, he's like, this is ridiculous. He's basically saying balderdash. This is bollocks. This is fuck you, right? That's what he's trying to point out. Don't come at me with your crap. Don't you dare point that at me. Because what is that? This is the Twitter machine, the cancel culture. At the point in the specifics, it would have been the Me Too thing. Basically taking this vehicle of mass destruction, this mob mentality that drives so many people and aiming the target at him and i just love the fucking rage don't you dare point that at me like just the don't you dare that's some shit that your parent would say when you acted absolutely rude and disrespectful and that's that's basically the tone he's taking is the way y'all behaved was disappointing to me you disappointed me earth fuck you don't you dare point that at me i like that then um after that there's a brief little musical break so i was wrong i double checked it it basically goes into the second verse pretty much right away if anything it's like a super brief kind of thing um and basically the next verse has heated altercations we'd never had so i'm told yet guided by them all every single one it kind of sounds very similar to the first verse the flow is very calm subdued held back the words are vicious like basically i'm hearing y'all saying some things um i'm told about it but they're trying to drive the greater narrative. You know, if I think about what he's kind of brought up throughout the album, it's almost like the powers that be are trying to silence him in some way. Or either way, it's all fantasy and he's not down for it. And it's just kind of what it is. And it's just interesting, right? And he kind of even flows in again to the third verse almost through. So about three and a half minutes to the song and he just keeps singing calmly. Heated altercations. You know, when you think about actually that second verse a little bit before we move on, so many people let their opinions be governed off of the rumors that are speculating. What I did when I found out about the Maynard situation is I found some forum threads or groupies from back in the day were talking about them and whatnot, and everybody was of age, everything was fine. I found out that they used to, Tool used to give out these little cards to girls to get them backstage, and there's, there's some whatever, but definitely nothing related to what those allegations were about in fact he just seemed like a respectful dude and how he treated girls in those moments and sometimes it seems like they bring them backstage just to chit chat with some cool sexy ladies rather than even trying to bang or anything yeah that's something i learned in my looking into the lives of groupies and rock stars um anyway it keeps on flowing with the same tone uh judge condemn and banish any and everyone without evidence only the whispers from within um i can say that in two words cancel culture 
basically people talk some crap about you on Twitter and then the next thing you know everyone believes that to be true because often what will happen is a news journalist, a rich person, a celebrity, somebody will say something not true or doctored to be false. It gets spread around like the viral cancer of social media and then um, there's no proof or anything. When the proof comes out, the apology video gets like a tenth of the attention that the truth, the, the false one ends up garnering. And this just keeps happening over and over again. Literal people lose their jobs or get destroyed or get punished over the most ridiculous things. And then there's no real proof to the pudding, only just what is fabricated and brought up. Anyway, it's just really very apt and like... Like he went through this himself, but it still fits this album because if you think about um, where we're at with it. So in Descending, we look into the fact that the way we live is kind of destroying ourselves, which is a cool follow-up to the battle that the soldier must face is this essence of everyone kind of choosing the self-destructiveness to it all, um, where they live. And here, it's almost like, fine, if that's the way it is, don't you fucking dare try to come at me like that because i'm not interested in the way this is going i will not let you do this i am in fact the invincible warrior um so yeah it's really cool to me where we're at with this project it's like the chorus kicks in for a little bit and it plays over a couple times he sings it twice and it's just it's just sad and heavy and calm but then the vocals almost just disappear and this twangy, interesting sound kicks in to follow it up. As the, the groove continues on, and the, the it's almost like our first real musical break that we're getting on this, even though in the faded vocals he's going imaginal interplay, which is funny because imaginal sounds like vaginal, but it's imaginal, which is imaginary, and interplay sex because it sounds like intercourse. That is so clever. I really like it. I like the language use a lot, um, but it flows and it's really eerie and it's nice. And then it just the song progresses. So now the song kind of builds up. It creates like this new groove. First is the bass and the drums, and then the guitar kind of kicks in. And then it's like, don't you dare point that at me. And like it just kind of has this edge to it, this attitude that's kicked in. So at first it was almost like defeated. Like you almost picture the whole up until this point, the first six minutes of this track. It's like imagine you go on Twitter and everybody's talking shit about you and making up stories or whatever, and you're kind of sad or whatever, and it hurts you and you feel like whatever and then you get fucking mad and you come back and that's where we're at with this part of the track and the heaviness is starting to itch into it so like over the next like 45 seconds it's like the previous riff that we had except it comes in a little more intense and a little heavier and then it ends on another don't you dare point that at me and it's just getting angrier and more intense and more serious with it the heaviness gets up the heaviness gets absolutely turned up a notch it gets like crazier and builds up and it's almost like every little bit that we've experienced on this track has just cut or the last little minute or two minutes or so has just been the same rift but each time played through with greater and greater intensity until about seven minutes and 12 seconds into the song when that loop flips into something a little more groovy until about seven minutes 28 when the music just kind of drops and it gets way calmer and it kind of goes on to this like funkier 
more styled version of what happens so from about seven minutes 28 seconds 755 it's like calm it's almost like your rage tantrum is over and you're getting cool calm and collected like a cucumber ready to go on this stuff and that's when it gets funkier the groove gets proper you almost picture like the movie montage the action heroes getting his shit together his gear on and he starts almost whispering like don't you dare point that at don't you dare and like he kind of really comes in with this energy and this edge that's really delightful like it's like the biggest middle finger we've seen on this album so far like maynard took this personal so around like 8 minutes and 15 seconds into the track, he flips off of that funky whatever and it just breaks into more aggressive music, but almost driven off of the more funky what we just got. And so the attitude is no longer angry, but it's like groove rage. Like I'm ready to fuck you up, but I got kung fu styles to do it. Um, I thought that was really dope. And this goes on till about 9 minutes and 15 seconds. At that point, it kind of calms down. The music drops a little bit and it fades into a similar sort of ambient sound that we had at the beginning. And I like that. I guess Tool, I know that Maynard, according to my boss at least, and if my boss is watching this, I pay attention, um, seemed to have an issue with putting albums on Spotify because he felt that having you be able to skip to whatever song you wanted and not play it through a, on a, a, from beginning to end, as though you couldn't skip songs on a CD, Maynard. Anyway, um, was a problem. Whether or not that was true, it looks like he really believed that because a lot of these songs are done in a way where they could be individual grandiose experiences but they also all work in the project so maybe he really did care about that also yeah we're doing the digital version which has eight extra minutes if you didn't watch part one and i guess they got around cd physical restraints but that and gave eight extra minutes to those of us that pay for spotify it's really weird how the world worked out where even guys like tool are like yeah i guess there's some advantages to this digital era um and yeah the song kind of ends and i'm left with this like really cool feeling with it like I believe it's related to what he went through, but in general, it's still a vague commentary on how it goes. But from the perspective of somebody who's been through it, fought back, didn't give into it, and is now moving on because he's invincible to warrior that he is. Go Maynard. No, but for real, our society's weird like that, where so much is not about facts. It's just about how you feel. Oh, I feel like this guy's okay because I saw some memes, and the meme was really, really funny. And so I shared the meme, and, you know, I got more memes because that's how social media works. And the next thing you know, six months later, I can't even figure out how I got to that opinion I have in the first place, but I know I feel that that is the truth. I've seen some things on the internet i don't know who i was trying to be so if that offended anybody i'm really sorry i was trying to make fun fuckers who just take their information from memes and don't even realize the psychological brainwashing that gets you to then villainize people on the internet i digress i give this a five on five it's a remarkably well put together song that totally deserves the five label that i've been giving out um i don't have a lot more to say about this track at this point uh let's move on to the only kind of half song that was on the physical one that wasn't a monster and that's called chocolate chip trip so this guy's four minutes and 48 seconds song which means it's longer than most full-length songs that you'll hear from a lot of people but on this album when i saw that as a reviewer i was like oh that's a breath of fresh air. I wonder what that chat's gonna be like. 
and it kind of starts off in its uh its own little distinct way so from zero zero to 42 seconds in you get this little dingly intro some deep pulsing and some weird sounds that's how i'm describing it like it's kind of nice and it picks in and it doesn't sound like any of the tracks like it really feels like a weird trip around 42 seconds to about a minute 12 you get some staticky vocally stuff that gets added in from about a minute 12 to about two minutes it feels like a beat kicks in and it's kind of nice and it's funky it's you're going on it's real enjoyable and then we're gonna hit pause uh apparently just for the title because i wanted to bring this up before we get into what the purpose of this track is uh danny said something and this is i'm quoting some dude who's quoting something not directly but essentially danny implied that this track was something to chew on just something you'll have a little snack you know which he ties into you know chocolate chip cookies in some way or chocolate chips and uh basically uh that's what this is it's a little something to give you a little break between the 10 minute monster tracks and just a little you know something quick and nice to listen to a little easy listening this is meant to be like the one track you can throw on if you got five minutes i suppose um so we'll get back into what happens next because the next uh we'll call it two and a half minutes is a ridiculously amazing drum solo that just takes you everywhere and it comes in hard and it goes all over and you're just sitting there and i'm just listening to the dude's timing as he's just transitioning between rhythm to rhythms and it's like the 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 way his hands fly like like it doesn't feel humanly possible to achieve the level of complexity that that guy dropped into a drum solo and it made me go if i have to spend over a hundred dollars to see two alive the next time they come to montreal i'm absolutely there because i don't even know if i missed them recently because i didn't care that much or something but i now really want to see tool and i want to see them perform this live and i want to go on a chocolate chip trip uh in the concert and it's really just that I don't have a lot of ways to properly describe to you how awesome this is, but if you want to skip the intro stuff, jump to about two minutes and play it through and it's freaking fresh, but yo, it's just, it's just a magical experience, honestly, like the more I listened to it, the more I was like, this is so weird because all this weird techno-y almost stuff is around the drum solo all that dingly crap that we came in at the beginning it doesn't really go away but the drum solo is almost amplified by the ambient noises that they chose to encompass it around and it's it's an enthralling experience and i i don't know i don't have a lot more to say about it but my enjoyment is absolutely high on this track i really thought it was incredible to listen to i would highly recommend this one if you don't want to commit to the long ones if you're just going to do something to see how fucking talented they are or at least the drummer is but they are check out chocolate chip trip i'm giving this a five on five i mean i guess it's a good way to put a drum solo on like because everybody likes a drum solo but i guess it's kind of hard sometimes to just fit such a rhythmic thing into the groove driven tracks that they've been providing for us so this is just a sneaky way to get around what makes sense per se by doing something else that makes sense i'll be honest i have no fucking idea if this fits into the story it's just a groovy little trip so maybe it's to represent the weird wonkiness of the world as we move in to the last real song as in the monster of monsters the 15 minute and 44 second magnus opus of this album 
Tempest with a seven. So this song starts off kind of calm. Guitar riff, it's kind of nice. It's just playing through. Good 45 seconds goes by, 40 seconds, whatever. And it just kicks in a little bit. It plays on till about a minute and 16. And then the song starts. But before I really go through it, it's spelled seven instead of Tempest because I guess stylistically it looks like a T. Um, seven has a lot of value in numerology related to God and things. So what I take, y'all want me to do it. All right, I'll tell you. A tempest is a fucking storm of destructive darkness. So it's a, it's basically a really bad storm that fucks shit up. So if we go a little bit imaginative here and we think tempest with a seven, maybe it's godlike figures who are creating a fucking storm and that's the the symbolism of the seven is my theory uh bonnie wanted me to look it up for y'all but i felt i'd let my imagination run over uh and just let you know what i thought um and then yeah some interesting factoids about this song because justin chancellor broke uh has a little quote here and I thought it would be fun to share it with you. There are riffs on a new album that Adam had before I was even in the band. So we're talking like literally 90s shit. Um, the last track, Tempest, pronounced Tempest. The main body of the first chunk of the song is a, is a verse and then a really heavy recurring riff. Something I came up with in the time signature of 21. We'd been trying and I'm like, wow. And anyway, it ended up being something that they kept trying to implement into all of their albums from way back at the, you know, the old days from Anima, and it never got used. Every album since, he tried to get that riff put on somehow, and then it never worked until this album when it finally worked, and we'll get to that riff, because that riff is fucking cool. But all I'm trying to say is, it's so fascinating how they just wrote all these riffs and then just put it together until things work as a song. And it's just dope how they can do that. Like, it's amazing. Anyway, so about a minute and 16 in, it like kicks in. It like goes to the next level. So the guitar like kicks it up a notch. The bass is really like like machine gun type shit going on. Everything's getting picked up. And about in the vocals start to keep in over this. And he's like, keep, keep, keep it calm. Keep, keep calm. Keep, keep it calm. And the way he's doing it, it's almost scat-like in, in like this cool percussionistic, intense rhythm. And if you, then he ends that with the only cuss word on the album. Fuck, here we go again which is important, right? Because when you hear keep calm and then you go, fuck, here we go again. And then you think back to keep calm and carry on. Literally, the idea of keeping calm often is simply propaganda campaigns from leaders that are trying to get you to not point out what doesn't make sense and to be complacent with the way that things are. Now at work, okay, I'll... I suppose I should keep calm because it's in my best interest to keep calm. In life, sometimes you gotta wonder why we keep calm when the world's dying. But that's where it is. So what I take from that fuck here we go again, keep in mind I've heard this song so I'm, I'm projecting a little bit what I know is the song's about. It's That is the scattered message of our leaders of the world and it's just like nonsense so fuck here we go again. And then we get into the first verse which is just freaking exciting. And the rhythms on this track are insane as the first verse is going on and he's like singing over it. The Everybody's like, I don't know how to describe it. I feel like we heard some complicated shit 
on the other tracks, but they took the complicated stuff that they had and used it for this song, right? So um, I, I'm really not... Uh, lyrically, we have heat, lightning flash, but don't play misleading tranquility ruse. You're going to happen again. That's what I think. Follow the evidence. Look at dead in the eye. You are darkness, trying to lull us in before the havoc begins into a dubious state of serenity, acting on surprise when you're caught in the eye. We know better. It's not unlike you. We know your nature. Let's be real. This is just like politicians and world leaders and the people who do all the really bad things to us over time and how they continually do the same crap and create the same ruses and the same tricks, but ultimately to lull us into a dubious state of serenity before the havoc begins. And if you look at what's happening in the entertainment industry, the way that they're almost making as much as possible free to play. If you give the people who can't afford video games video games to play that are enjoyable then everybody plays the video games and everybody in a sense drinks the kool-aid and everybody kind of gets all peaceful while the bad things happen and we all get kind of in our serenity our peacefulness and i don't know it's just it's really apt and this time though the follow the evidence it's going to happen again that's what i think i mean i straight up think that trump wins the next election in canada andrew Scheer wins the next election and you're going to watch as the conservative money-driven people who have properly galvanized their side through memes on social media which is a lot of what this album has kind of been talking about in a sense um they're going to win because they are darkness. And even if they present themselves with smiles and pretend like they're nothing, those of us that know, I suppose, we know better. We, the people, know better because that is the nature of the beast. In a sense, that's the nature of the tempest. These guys are tempests to the world, you know? Anyway, that was the first verse, and it's pretty freaking pumped. And then we get into this musical part where we discover the riff that we were describing describing before so the bass just kicks in and it's just this rhythm that i've never really heard a bassist do before and it's just the way it's composed is hype and then the guitar picks in for a little bit and it will flow into the second verse honestly the second verse is a very musically similar feel to the first just a little more intense so it's built up a bit because you know that's how it goes it progresses um lyrically blame it on all the bastards when you're blowing out shame on you shame on you now no amount of wind could begin to cover up your putin stench and demeanor and that's fascinating right because when somebody is clipped it's all about the snitches and everybody's always got answers and it's all about finding blame for the appropriate situations as long as there's a scapegoat you can do whatever you want you know but the truth is is we've reached a point where the stench is so bad the wing can't even get rid of it so end of the day it's it's like you're so toxic and it's it's it, you can't hide it anymore Calm as cookies and cream, so it seems we're not buying your dubious state of serenity, acting on surprise when we caught lies, etc. So we look at this person, somebody like a Trump figure or whoever, who's just so calm and so composed, and and they know what is going on in the world, yet they don't really seem to project the truth. And he kind of flips the end of the song and goes, "Yeah, we're not buying that no more. It's, it's not real. We're not into that." 
it's just what it is it's not unlike you we know your true nature and it's really sick it's really enjoyable and i really like the flow of it i feel like from a lyrical perspective this is one of the most lyrics we get and then uh we get a little music you break um there's gonna be a lot of music you break so somewhere around after that verse it kind of flows out and we get like that crazy bass rhythm with crazy drum rhythms that i haven't heard and the bass is kind of hidden in the background but it's, you heard that prominent bass early on so that it's almost like they made it loud once early so that they could tease it for when it came in so you can catch the attention of that and it's just driving underneath it the drums is driving underneath it the guitar takes over and it starts getting really freaking sexy and this is uh till about four minutes and 48 seconds when like the guitar kind of the guitar kind of like kicks in and is followed by this like super intense groove part so it gets like intense for a bit. I think I said that. I don't know. Sorry if the editing's a little off on this one. Um, and it just kind of like the guitar kicks out. It's got some intensity. And then it grooves into this calm, versy thing. And it, it's just like serene almost for a while. So you get a little bit of vocals, but mostly it, it it's kind of just going calm before the torrent comes calm before the torrent comes i haven't actually looked up what torrent really means let's do that right now it makes me think of torrential if i had to like guess so or the things we download when we steal musics a stronger fast moving stream of water is a torrent so that makes sense that's basically like saying the calm before the storm comes now I think it's important because then it goes, uh, sorry, but I think it's important because of how it impacts, I think, the music that follows it. It's a little tumultuous. Like, we had a little, sorry, we had a little bit of energy right before this that kind of implies to me, you know, like, you can see the clouds coming or whatnot. And then I like the way the bridge ends with calm before the tempest comes to rain all over. And it makes it very clear that this storm this person that was described is absolutely going to try to rule everything and be a, a very negative nearly in the world but then after that the music it's very calm and like groovy in a way that is not as intense and angry and that heavy bass that we had earlier is really not there anymore it's just smoother so up until about seven minutes 27 seconds at this point we have a couple of minutes of that like flowing sorry i've got a minute of like the smooth flowiness and then around seven minutes 27 a new guitar sound kind of kicks in it starts to build up we get the heavier bass starting to kick in around 7 uh 46 it just goes insane and it's literally one of th this part might be from a musical perspective my favorite little like 30 seconds of the album from about 727 to 801 on this track stellar shit anyway it's like that till about eight o'clock uh sorry eight o'clock because it's the time anyway eight minutes in when the guitar lets loose with some fadiness and then you know it, it keeps evolving like it's got like a fady effect on it and then it's like da -da 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 -da. i'm not doing it right but it just goes into this like higher end of tone and it's just like it's just incredible and you got to keep in mind it's been now we're at about eight minutes in 
I'd say since at least five minutes or 40, maybe six minutes, it's been nothing but straight, evolving, beautiful, freaking music. And now let's just take a moment to realize this song is 16 minutes long. We're, we're only about like halfway through. And it's truly already dropped some of the best music we have heard on this project. Anyway it keeps on going it keeps on flowing the guitar goes kind of it keeps differentiating somewhere around um what is it nine minutes 11 it just like morphs into this like whole new sound that it like carries on for you know a good 30 seconds or whatever and then we're gonna move into the next vocal part which still maintains some dope music so like Maynard at the beginning of this part is definitely in like the background and he kind of comes more into prominence as he repeats the main line, but disputing intentions invites devastation, which is fascinating. So if we all are arguing about the intentions of things, so we can pick a subject that is really a huge conversation that strives most social debates. Somebody puts out a blackface clothing. What was their intention? That's that's what impacts whether we accept the apology. Not that they made the apologies. Were they intending to make fun of black people or were they ignorant? Anyway, that invites devastation because it's missing the point of anything really. It's just a weird twist. And then it goes, a tempest must be true to its nature. A tempest must be just that. A tempest must be just that. So a tempest must be true to its nature. It will be a violent storm. And then that's what a tempest will be because that's what a tempest is. And it just repeats it over and over again. But like, he has like, a tempest must be. And it's like really fucking intense and really fucking angry. And it's just... There's almost literal hate in his voice as he expresses it. It's really powerful, and I think it is one of the coolest parts of the album. Like, it really, it stands out to me. Like, you hear it and you're like, damn, you are not going to forget that. And it rolls like that till about 10 minutes and 35 seconds in the song. So previously we had the calm before the storm so the music was calmer yeah it got funky or whatever but not like what happens after this part when he almost screams out at the end of rage and then the drums freak the fuck out and it gets into head boppy heavy ass fucking thumpy goodness but really what's going on is the storm is creating its devastation at this point musically it's going into that vein of things and it's just this intense crazy build up till about 11 minutes and 10 seconds and it's got this weird spacey guitar solo for about 25 30 seconds and it like flips around and it keeps like vibing on this ride that we've been on of just incredible grandiose intense music and this definitely happens till about where i'm calling part 17 for the record 1151 uh, of the track when it calms down a bit i took this as the eye of the storm so like the storm hits and then there's the eye in the middle when it calms down a little bit um you can hear these individual bass notes like kind of just accenting the overall feel of all of this um and it just kind of is nice and it it, it kind of brings you down in the energy as it flows until about 12 minutes and 46 seconds into the track where we get into the next little bit of singing the way he layers his voice in this verse is truly, truly interesting. 
He goes like uh, somebody actually put it in the genius comments. I'm scrolling to that anyway. Control your delusion, and then like the word insane is like faded in, like you recorded it separately, but it still kind of works grammatically. So control your delusion, insane and striking at random, and then victim of your certainty. But just different parts of the verse will flow in and be layered over each other in such a way where it's truly a fascinating and riveting vocal experience. That I can't say I've heard many people pull off quite to the level he he's done, and therefore, so anyway, control your delusion, insane and striking at random, victim of your certainty, and therefore your doubt's not an option. Blameless, the templates will be just that. So try as you might, feeble, your attempt to atone, your words to erase all the damage cannot. And I believe this is an interesting point because I've been having this debate about like billionaires and crap. So they do a bunch of damage in the world, and then they spend the rest of their life trying to redeem it. So in a sense, I think what he's putting out there is saying, just because you're now trying to do good, it doesn't undo all the damage you did. The way you fucked with people's lives and toyed with people and caused problems for so long, you might find yourself blameless. You may feel that you are able to get to this point where you're above the consequences of your actions but try as you might you'll never atone you are scum you did do what you did do and i'm like damn the way he sings it is weird it's interesting it's alive and it's just it's just fucking fascinating and then you're like holy crap we're only about 13 minutes and 23 seconds in there's still another couple of minutes left on this track and then we get into our next musicy part from about i don't know 13 minutes 23 on it gets like uh cool guitar bassy rhythms kind of coming together it gets real groovy around 13:42 as it like picks into something that just makes you really want to move and it kind of just keeps going on like that till about 14 minutes in this song where it flips into a different flow and what's incredible about these different flows is they sound like they belong next to each other but they also end up not sounding very much like each other so it just gives you like 40 seconds of this 45 seconds of that 46 seconds of that a minute it is and the way they just layer in the different choices of what they use like the same bass line might get used like seven parts of this song but not in the same combination as everything else. So it just keeps making everything sound incredible until it gets to about 1440 where it flips up again. And then it kind of adds in the vocals at this point. Uh, the Tempest must be just that kicks in again. I'm like, there's an intensity to the way he says the the second time. A tempest must be just that, like, well, like, but it's quieter, like, whispery, but like more intense. I feel, and it just flows to a little bit, and then we get to the little end end part for the last like 30 seconds, where it feels like the end of one of those rock shows where they're about to break instruments. Now, keep in mind, this is the end of the physical album, and it just kind of plays it out, and it ends the song on like a calmer note. It takes about 10 seconds, but there's no like anything else because there is on the digital but not on the physical um this is the best song above 15 minutes i've ever heard and it might be the best song above 10 minutes i've ever heard um this is the best song on this album from a music perspective lyrically i don't know if i agree with that i didn't think too deep on what my favorite song lyrically is but i think my favorite experience on this was tempest i actually listened to this song a full 15 minutes and 44 seconds more than i probably should have for the sake of time to the point of pissing on my girlfriend because 
It was just so good, but because it's 1544, she kept talking and interrupting me halfway through. Still, she's wonderful, and so is this song. And I just don't know. I saw a comment on Genius that kind of put it out like this.、Um, let me see if I can find it so I can quote the person. This was just in the bottom. So, this is from I God, and he goes, This song is fitting as the final track on Fear Inoculum. This album is such an excellent evolution of Tool. It's such a brilliant closer. And if this is quite literally the last track on the last album they ever deliver, it is their Magnus Opum. And as far as like listening to this song, I feel like it is a Magnus Opum by comparison to the other songs on the album. Like, it feels like it's an actual step up to me in terms. Terms of just brilliance and, and skill, like everything else had different a- aspects that I loved about it, but this one was flossing on me. This was the most complicated, dope ass shit they put on this project. Obviously, it's a five, like, there's no dispute in my mind. Um, so yeah, because this is the digital album review, there is still mocking beat. So this has like a bunch of animal sounds, um, kind of has some like weird. Electronic y industrial feel to it. It's two minutes long, it's a little outro, and it ends with some like bird squawking and crap. And I think it's got a purpose, and I agree with the person on Genius who I'm stealing this from 420 Swagget PVP. If you're watching this review, you're the real MVP here. But if we think about what The Tempest is, it's a perfect storm that, in the context of the album, when we look at songs like Descending and Culling Voices, so Descending sets up the fact that through our culture, we are choosing suicide as a group of people. Whereas in Culling Voices, it shows how, because of our willingness to jump on feelings over facts, Chocolate Chip Trips just a fun little break. And then Tempest presents the real villain, you know, the people who control the narrative. In a sense,、um, and should they succeed, which they will, because people don't want to stop them. I mean, I mean, this is just the way it's being presented in the album. I think we can stop them, in theory. It could be done. Will it? I don't know. And、uh, what happens after nature kicks our asses and exterminates humanity? Well, nature just comes in and takes over stuff again and, and just kind of moves back in. And I think it's meant to be distorted to present a broken future. It's not what it was. But I think the animals are meant to represent the fact that humanity is wiped out and that animals are, are kind of come back. I've read a couple books that have implied that. Nature would exist beyond humanity should humanity not be here anymore. And so, anyway, I thought that was a really philosophical and cool way to end the project because it really meant something to the grand picture of it. And then the first time I got to the end, the way the birds are shrilling at the end, I went ahead and I hit play on Fear Inoculum, the track again. And、the way the sirens come in at the beginning, I found, worked really well in terms of、uh, the way of, of looping the album. So, if you put on Mockingbeat and you like kind of hit the loop and you let it just keep playing, it just, to me at least, flowed perfectly back into Fear Inoculum, giving me the impression that they were trying to turn this into a bit of an infinity album. An infinity album being an album where it's recorded and composed in a way where when you get to the end, it's basically like restarting the album and you, it's like an album that never ends. So you never really have an endpoint to it. But 
I think it's a little deeper than that because from an evolutionary perspective then if we get new animals to come back then new animals evolve and in theory this cycle just keeps repeating forever and ever with new ape-like homo sapiens species in the futures pulling the same crap and it's just what's probably gone on forever i don't know that was just where i got to that with my imagination I um I kind of like the ending as far as the skits go. This is my I'm gonna call it anything that wasn't one of the monster songs of skits. This was my favorite of the the three little skits, and it was cool. I give it a 4.5. I thought it was a nice way to end the album, and it was a little nicer than the physical one, the hard ending, because I feel like it adds this little extra element of imagination. But I would never listen to this track unless I was listening to the album. And holy crap! We did it. Got through Tool. Spent so much time this weekend on this album review. So I very much, very much hope that y'all appreciate this and share with me in the comments what you thought of this project. Me, for wrap up time, I'm giving you two grades. The real album review, the one that counts because it's the 10 tracks that I reviewed. So we'll call it the digital score. Actually, I can do it like that. The digital release edition is a 4.65 on 5. It's a fucking classic. It's, it's an amazing classic. It's not even just, it's in. Like, I'm going to feel this way in a decade level of dope. 4.85 for the version that's just the seven songs with no skits. The version with no skits, the physical release, 4.85. This is up there. It, it is either the it's in the top three grades I've ever given an album on this channel ever. And I believe that this album is that well made. I think this is one of the greatest pieces of music I have personally ever heard. And I'm not just sucking dick here for the sake of saying some shit. I'm saying that the level of complexity, the level, the mixing, the mastering, the attention to detail, the, the, the sheer perfection, how every song creates groove after groove for you to get lost in, how there's a clear and cohesive story creating the concept of fear inoculum from beginning to end. Even the ending of the album is brilliantly predictive of what is likely to happen, challenging how we as humans tend to deal with these kinds of, of moments like when we face them in our imaginations all i'm trying to say is this was one of the most magnificent albums i have reviewed and it was so worth the amount of time i've spent listening to it and it makes me want to go back in time and make sure that we review the other three Tool albums that we still need to get to. So if you want to see that, let me know in the comment section. If you like this review, let me know. If you hated this review, let me know and tell me how I could do better. And then if you're mean, I'll I, I'm try not to be mean. I'll respond better if you're polite. <laughs> I'm a Canadian. Still, thank you all for watching. If you did like it, please hit the like button. If you want to see more of these, please hit the subscribe button. And yeah, special thanks to the patrons. Ismail Kadamsi, Chris Prado, Jonathan Barnes, DJ Black Hurricane, Linda Williams, Coney Sparks. They support what we do. They helped us get a new camera. They get to tell us what albums to review. They're going to be paying for our website soon. And overall, I just feel like life is a lot cooler now that we've grown all together as this big old family. And if you want to join that family, you can check it out on Patreon. And that would make you the VIP. Nah, but for real, it would mean the absolute world to all of us over here. Because it's not just me over here. There's a few of us. Anyway, thank you for watching every single one of you. I don't know if I said that enough, but it really means the world to me. So have yourselves a great day. And now I'm going to go get ready for the next whatever thing. I think I'm going to have to go to the grocery store. Yeah, Bye.